0: Would you put your hands on your heart with me this morning? I just want to pray uh, as we get started. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your presence here. God, you're so good to us. You're so good, and we love you so much. Now, Father, I ask, Lord, for a, an anointing to hear from you, to hear from heaven. Let these words not be Phil's, but yours. God, we ask for ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Look at your neighbor, tell them how good they're looking today, and then you can be seated. (laughs) I was looking at Daniel as he was preaching up here. I was like, come on, man, you're looking spiffy. That's amazing. Well, would you take your Bibles this morning? Would you turn over to First Corinthians chapter twelve? First Corinthians chapter twelve. And I've been talking for um, the last several weeks about the Holy Spirit, and today what I want to drill down on is the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but more, even more than that, the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. How many of you know that salvation came to us? Jesus brought salvation to us and that in itself is a phenomenal gift. I mean, how could you top salvation? But then what does Jesus do? He sends the Holy Spirit and what does the Holy Spirit do? He comes with more gifts. It's like, you know, at Christmas where you think you've opened all the gifts around the tree and then suddenly they bring out a bunch more." And you're like, "Ah, you know, I'm already overwhelmed, I've already opened up the normal allotment of gifts. And if you were a kid like me, I mean, I I would look at every box and expect every box, every box that had my name on it, and try and figure out what that box was. I didn't shake them, I promise. I didn't shake them. Although my sister one time showed me a gift that you hid that was mine. (laughs) It was great. See, you can fess up now after 30 years because, you know, the statutes of limitations have run out. So, Um, but anyway, so so the Holy Spirit brings these gifts. And so I want to look at these gifts, if you would look at them in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 with me. And we're going to start in verse 4. In verse four, it says this. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the the Spirit, to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working, uh, workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discernment of spirits. That's a big one. That's a big gift that doesn't really get talked about a lot. Discernment of spirits. And then, to another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, go over to Acts chapter 1. You're not far. Acts chapter 1. And I read this scripture last week, but we're going to read it again. Acts chapter 1. And look at verse 8. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. And he's talking about that the Holy Spirit's going to come. And he says in verse 8, he said, but but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm excited. We have eight people going to India in May. There's eight people from this church, four, boy, four men, four women, and, and how many of you would say that's definitely the uttermost parts of the earth compared to Northwest Arkansas, where we are right here. It definitely is. So, but this is what I want to point out in these gifts salvation, it brings you into this relationship, this fellowship with the Father. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers you so that you can be a witness to other people. How does it empower you? With the gifts that we just read. It empowers you with those nine spiritual gifts. Let's go through them again. The word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, and then the interpretation of tongues. Now I am gonna take you over to Mark and then we'll come back to Acts, Mark 16. Mark chapter 16. Verses 17 and 18 says this. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So these signs that follow those who believe are, for instance, tongues is mentioned in there. So you know that you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit because that's one of the gifts of the Spirit that comes when his power comes upon you. But how many of you know in order to do these things, you need the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit on you. The Holy Spirit came inside me when I was born again. That's for me. He helps me, he convicts my heart, he he sanctifies me, he cleanses me, right? But the Holy Spirit upon me, that's for you. You know, God gave, brought a word this morning about the eye and about a headache in the eye. That only comes by the Holy Spirit. How else would I know that? You know, that's why I tried to make it a little more specific so that you would know it was Holy Spirit and not me just, you know, oh, somebody's got back pain. Everybody's got back pain, you know, I mean, you guys understand what I'm saying, right? Listen to what John Maxwell said because these gifts are for you for a reason. The Holy Spirit, Jesus wants you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit so these gifts can come upon you and you can flow in them and witness to people. John Maxwell said this. He said, when you find your spiritual gift, God will give you an opportunity to use it. All right. So, but here, here's kind of the challenge that I've seen with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the baptism of the Holy Spirit seems to focus only and primarily on one gift. And what's that gift? The gift of tongues, the gift of tongues. And, and so I want to look at that. In fact, go back, go back over to Acts and we're going to go to the one, to the scripture that everybody takes you to when they begin to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in chapter two. So I gave you, there's nine gifts, nine gifts of the Spirit. Eight of these gifts are for others. It's for the benefit of people other than you. One gift is primarily for your benefit. Guess guess which gift it is? Speaking in tongues. tongues. Why? Because it edifies, it builds you up. In the inner man, your faith is increased. You have a direct channel to God. Do they still have the red phone in the White House? They used to have a red phone that was a direct line to, I don't know who it went to, but, huh, what's that? <laughs> She's, can't repeat some things, but, you know, so, but it's your red phone to God. It's your direct line, your direct connection to him, right? So tongues is for you. But the other eight gifts are for the benefit of other people. So here's what I want to do this morning is I want to look at three times that tongues is mentioned when people in scripture receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit are you with me? I'm gonna come up a little bit. All right. Good. I like to be close. Acts chapter two. Look at verse two. And that's where I'm gonna start. And it says this. It says, suddenly there was a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, Bible, the scripture talks about how there's 120 people in this room. Uh, Some theologians feel like there were more. At one point, there were 500. So, who knows what the total number is, but let's just say it's at least 120 people that are gathered here. So this mighty wind, this rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared, on, uh, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. Imagine in this room, at least 120 people and tongues of fire sits on each one of them. There was such a, a massive noise that the whole town gathered. All these people gathered around this room to see what in the world is going on. Then tongues of fire sits on each one of them. Wouldn't that look like the house is on fire? I mean, wouldn't that look like, what in the world is going on in the room there? Okay, so... And then it said in verse four that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Verse five, and there were dwelling in, in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Each one of these men had a native tongue that they have spoken since their birth. And Listen to what they said in verse seven. Then they were all amazed and marvels, marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Verse 12, so they were all amazed, perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Now, this form of tongues, the Greek word for it, is xenolalia, which means the ability to speak in a language which the individual has not learned because when they spoke in tongues, all of these people from all these different nations understood them in their own language. Now, I don't wanna get into semantics this morning, like did God change it in their ear? Were they really speaking that language? It doesn't matter, it's that they heard it and that it was spoken. So I just wanna stay on page here with it. And because in my lifetime, and I don't know about yours, in my circle of, of relationships, circle of friends, I only know a few people that that's ever even happened to. This is not something that I hear commonly every day, that when somebody speaks in tongues, suddenly this person that only speaks Japanese heard them clearly. But, but I have heard some stories. Two of them have been from Nicole's parents, So, I called Nicole's dad this morning because I said, I want to make sure I have the story right. And I was, and so I talked to him and he said, well, Phil, here's what happened. He said, I was preaching at a church in Kansas City. He said, for a friend of mine, a good friend, pastor that he grew up with. And and he said, when he was speaking, he said, in the middle of my message, he said, suddenly I broke into just speaking in tongues he said, I must have spoken probably four to five sentences. And then I stopped and continued my message. Now, I'm not going to illustrate that for you this morning (laughs) because I want to speak prophetically so that you understand what I'm talking about. But this happened to him. And when the service was over, the pastor and my father-in-law were standing at the back door and people were leaving. Well, this this man that it was his first time to the church, he'd never been before, this older gentleman, came walking by and he shook the pastor's hand and he said, he said, let me ask you, how did that young man, why did that young man speak in Hebrew in his message? And he said, speak in Hebrew. He said, what do you mean? He said, that's the exact prayer that my mother used to pray over me when I was little in the Hebrew language. He was a retired rabbi. Well, then my, then, so that was his situation. My mother-in-law had a, a different situation where she was at the time, they, they had started Teen Challenge in Philadelphia. And so, so Nicole's mom and dad were busy doing Teen Challenge. Well, this young Hispanic girl had come in who had uh, suicide, she was suicidal. So Nicole's mom was ministering to her. Well, her friends were sitting outside the door and uh, she, she, was, as she was ministering to her and they were listening at the door. Well, she was in there for over an hour until, you know, until you know, the young girl was able to get free from that spirit and she was able to break that, that demon of suicide off of her life. And <clears throat> when it was over, Nicole's mom came out and these girls asked her and they said, when did you learn to speak Spanish? And she said, speak Spanish? She said, yeah, we were listening at the door. As you were praying for you were speaking perfect Spanish. She said, I don't know Spanish. So anyway, couple, couple of examples there because here's the thing, here's why I say that. Tongues are a sign to unbelievers. This is what happened in this scripture. In fact, it says that in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 22. It says that tongues are, tongues are for a sign, not to believers but to unbelievers. And so, so let me ask you a question. When this happened in the upper room, when they were filled with the Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues and then they found out that they're literally speaking a language, in languages of all the nations that are present there, what was that for? It was for a sign to the unbelievers. Why? Because of what happened. It opened the door for Peter to preach the gospel. I think sometimes we have put so much emphasis on just the tongues part that we miss the whole process of what God was wanting to do in that moment. So, so Peter preaches the gospel, 3,000 people give their lives to the Lord, and it was tongues that was the sign to the unbeliever that caused it. It was the gift of the Spirit that caused them to be able to walk in that power that they couldn't walk in on their own without the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. Does everybody understand that? Yeah. All right, well, let's look at another situation over in Acts 10. Turn over to Acts 10. You know, I love being able to teach because it's, you learn twice <laughs> when you get to teach. I mean, it's, a, it's wow. And, and anyway, in Acts 10, there was a man by the name of Cornelius, and this really goes with what Daniel was talking about. Cornelius was a centurion and he loved the Lord with all of his heart. In fact, Cornelius prayed, spent so much time in prayer and he gave so many alms that they came up as a memorial before God. Mm, Wow. I mean, if you wanna capture the heart of God, then spend time with him and give your money to him. It's it's true. He is so blessed by that. When you spend time in prayer with him, not not time working on something else, but when you literally take time to, to give him special time, this communion that can happen. Anyway, I, that's just a side note. But... So Cornelius, what happens with Cornelius is his, aunt, his, his, his uh, prayers and his alms come up before God as a memorial. And then, and then an angel comes and tells him, you need to call for Peter and have Peter come and speak to you. And so he, he reaches out to Peter and Peter, the Holy Spirit tells him to come and Peter comes and he begins to preach the gospel to them. Well, then this is what happens in verse 44 as Peter is preaching the gospel, It says this, that while Peter was still speaking these words, verse 44, the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit, notice the word gift, of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So the gift of the Holy Spirit came to the surface. The nice thing about tongues is tongues is a recognizable gift. What if, the, what if the 120 in the upper room all got the gift of discerning of spirits? How would you be able to see that? How would that have helped the people that were gathered around the house wondering what's going on? All right, just, just a thought. Now, the next one is over in Acts 19. Would you turn over to Acts 19? We're going to spend the bulk of our time in Acts and in First Corinthians, Acts 19. And this is, this is where Paul has come because he came because he heard these, these, this group of people were giving their lives to the Lord and he heard what, what God was doing in this place and so he came in verse 6 and Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came upon them. Now watch this. And they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Now we see two gifts surface. It's one thing to speak in tongues, but prophecy came with it. So you see these two, these two giftings present. Now in Acts 8, I'm not gonna ask you to turn over there, but you can write this down and check it out yourself. Acts 8, 17 Peter prays for a group of people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and tongues is not even mentioned in it. Um, in fact, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30, that not all receive the gift of tongues. Not everyone has that gift. not everyone receives that gift. And this has been a phrase that I've, I've grown up hearing all my life. Did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Some of you heard that as well. I, I've heard, I heard that all my life growing up, but, but Paul didn't say that. He said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He didn't say, Did you receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Here, here's, why, here's why I'm not a fan of that word, evidence. In fact, uh, I was doing a study by Robert Morris on um, a series that he taught called The God I Never Knew, and it was a series on the Holy Spirit. And this was uh, years ago, and, and so I, but I pulled from my notes on it because of something that he said. And he said, here's why I don't like the word evidence. This is what he said. He said, because it means that someone else can judge whether or not you have the Holy Spirit. He said, and because of this, it becomes a demand rather than a desire. I I said thank you <laughs> because I've I've felt a little that way. Let, let me let me explain it. Let me give an example of it. Because um, do you guys remember a guy named Charlie, our friend from Buffalo, New York, that came and visited? He came in yeah came in November and Charlie, I prayed for him. In fact, our whole family, Nicole, Isaac, and Becca, we laid hands on him in our house because he wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he also wanted to receive the gift of tongues. And so, we laid hands on him, we prayed for him, he, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then we prayed with him for a long time, and there was really n- never a time where he began to speak in other tongues. And he just kind of looked at me and dropped his shoulders and was like, and see, this is what happens when we call it an evidence. He goes, well, I I didn't get it. I said, no, no, you got it. I said, let me ask you a question. When we prayed, did you believe that you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And he said, yes. I said, asked, answered, moved on. It will manifest in your life. It will happen. Two years later, He's praying for his wife. She had had an accident and her leg was hurting and he laid his hands on her and was praying for her. And he said, Phil, I was praying and suddenly I was speaking a language I'd never heard before. (laughs) He said, and so I thought to myself, is that tongues? Well, then anyway, then he came here November this past Thanksgiving and I was invited to go to a friend of mine's church um, because they were having a prophetic meeting And I said, well, great, yeah, I want to go. And so I was, I took Charlie with me. And so we're there in that meeting. And the facilitator at one point said, hey, let's all pray in the Holy Spirit. So everybody starts praying. And I automatically shift into tongues because to me, that's praying in the Spirit as the Spirit gives utterance. And so, you know, I just begin to pray. Well, I hear Charlie and he starts praying in another language. And he looks at me and he goes, is that tongues? I said, yeah, that's time. <laughs> you got it, bro. You got it. But here's my point. Two years later, you received the gift of tongues. It does not mean that you did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So I think I made that point. Here's the benefit. Here's the benefit of tongues. And in, in, I'm going to give you a few scriptures. You don't have to turn to all of them. But in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, it says that when you speak in tongues, I talked about the red phone, you're speaking directly to God. And, but not only that, you're speaking mysteries by the Spirit. Yeah. Man. <clears> 1 <throat> Corinthians 14.4, here's another benefit. You edify yourself, on, meaning that the Greek word there means you, you're building your house. You become a home builder. And then uh, Romans chapter eight, verse 27, that the spirit helps you pray the will of God. Many people sometimes don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. He shows us how to pray the will of God in a situation. Jude 20 says you build yourself up in your most holy faith. Just some benefits. So, so turn over there, though, to 1 Corinthians 14. I know we were in Acts there for a moment, but let's go back over to 1 Corinthians 14. And I want to read a little bit because I want you to understand the context of why Paul is writing the way that he is in the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 and, and some of the things that he's dealing with in his letter to the church at Corinth. But he says this in verse one, he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So, in the Faith Life Study Bible, they said this about this verse, and I thought it was so interesting, that the Corinthian believers focused on the gift of tongues, but without interpretation. So, Paul argues that without interpretation, the gift does not benefit anyone else other than you. So, this is why Paul is writing this. He's saying, hey, hey, guys, you they're doing the same thing that many churches have done today. They've made it, they've made the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all about one gift, the gift of tongues. And what Paul is saying is, whoa, 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 there's eight other gifts. There's eight other gifts that God wants you to participate in, that he wants you to receive and to pull on, because those eight other gifts are what's going to help you minister to other people. Doesn't it sound like the enemy that he would want you to focus on the one that's about you and not other people? I I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. So in verse 13, though, he goes on to say, he said, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he can interpret. Why? You want to know what you were praying. That's why uh, several weeks ago, uh, Gary got up and God had given him a word in tongues. And so, he delivered it, did a great job. Um, but when he got done giving the word in tongues, there was a pretty long pause. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask if somebody else has the interpretation if he doesn't interpret it, because you can't just leave that out there in the church, because we, we want to know what is God saying. And so, then after the awkward pause, he went into the Interpretation and I was excited that he was, God had given him the interpretation because we want it to benefit us. So, Paul, Paul is bringing this to the surface. So, he says in verse 26, Let all things be done for edification. So, now turn over to chapter 12 and, and look at verse 31. Rebecca, would you come help me? I just appreciate our worship. Team, by the way, I just want to say thank you to our worship team, and I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about the flaggers, the graphics person, yeah, um, because uh, they they had they had to get together last night. Was it last night? It was night Friday night? And uh, man, they said that they just worshipped for three hours and just loved on the Father. They didn't work on technique. They didn't work on. Structure. They didn't work on tuning. They just, man, you guys have a worship team that gets together and practices his presence instead of practicing their craft. I think that's a big deal. 1 Corinthians 12. Look at verse 31. Paul says this. He says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly desire the best the best gifts. Which ones are the best gifts? Faith Life Study Bible said this about it. It says the greater gifts or the best gifts refers to the gifts that benefit other people. They benefit the church. They benefit the person that you're ministering to. Now look at verse uh, verse 5 of chapter 14. Just flip a page. Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless indeed he interprets, that the church may be edified. Then, if you skip down to verse 39 and 40, it says, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. Let all things be done decently. And in order so God the Holy Spirit brings these nine gifts with him and he says listen I want to freely give you all of these gifts and I want you to learn to flow in these but the way that you utilize these the way you activate them in your life is first that you're baptized with the Holy Spirit but then you choose to receive the gifts That he gives you and you choose to begin to put them into practice to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to your heart how is it that a person can walk down the the mall through the mall and see someone and God tell them specifically something about their child or something about their marriage say something specific to them it's called a word of knowledge it's a gift it's a gift that that the Holy Spirit would like to give you it's not so that you can be spooky I liked how one guy put it he said when, when God gives him things and he talks to people he said listen I'm a Christian and sometimes God shows me things I thought that's a nice way to say that yeah. you know other than freaking people out it's not that we're trying to freak people out but here's what happens it, it becomes as much a sign as someone speaking in tongues and you're speaking German to them, that when you, when God gives you inside information, I heard this testimony, Nicole and I are going through um, a wonderful school. It's a, it's a global supernatural school of, of supernatural discipleship, global school of supernatural discipleship. It's by, it's Randy Clark. It's through his ministry that we've been going to this class. And so one of the teachers was sharing a story about how he came out of a coffee shop And he saw over in a car, a husband and a wife, or a a man and a woman, arguing. Big fight happening in the car. And he felt compelled to go over and knock on the window. But that's all God told him. Go over and knock on the window. How many of you would go over and knock on the window? Somebody's having a knock down, drag out fight. And so he does, he goes over, he knocks on the window. The girl opened the window. And the guy said, What do you want? And and right then the Holy Spirit said, Tell him that God that that you're a good father to your son. That's all he told. And he said, Hey, I I'm I'm a Christian. Sometimes God speaks things to me. He said, I just want you to know that God wanted me to come over here to your car and let you know that you're a good father to your son. What he didn't know is both of them were planning to commit suicide right then. And they had a son together. And they were arguing over where their son was gonna go. And what it did was it broke, it totally broke him. He began to cry. And they both received Jesus. So, God wants all of us to have this. This is not for select people. This is not just for a few of us, but, but I, the clock's ticking. It's ticking, and people are running, not walking, running toward a cliff that they're going to fall off of unless we intervene, and we intervene by being empowered by the Holy Spirit because, again, we go back to Acts 1.8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why? So that you can be an effective witness for me. Now, hey, that's not the only one, okay? You don't, it doesn't have to just be a word of knowledge. There's the gift of faith. You may have faith to be able to come up and start a conversation with someone and you just analytically are able to bring them to the foot of the cross, You know, you may have the gift of working miracles. You can tell something is wrong with someone. John, you don't have to be prophetic. Like John said, you don't have to be prophetic to see a knee brace. Hey, what's going on with your knee? Can I pray for you? What's the worst thing that could happen? Thank you. What's the best thing that could happen? What did you just do? God loves you. He's a healer. What about some of these other gifts? What about, what about discerning of spirits? God gives you the ability to read a room. You can tell which direction to go. He gives you the ability to know whether or not a spirit in a person is, you know. I, so, some of these, like, like, some people are able to see into the spirit realm, and they're able to tell things. God has given them that gift. All I'm I'm saying is this. (laughs) It's not about having the gift. I loved uh, what Brother Yoon said. He said this. He said, do not be satisfied with God's calling or his gifts in your life. Be satisfied with Jesus Christ himself. Be satisfied with him. It's not about me looking important. It's not about us having a big ministry or you know us being uh-uh. it's about people getting free it's about empowering people to live unto Jesus and I don't know about you but I, I I need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to witness to people the way he wants me to and so here's what I want to do this morning is I want to open this up because here's the good news <laughs> there's no pressure in this room that if you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna make you talk in tongues in front of everybody. So let's just take that right off of the yeah. shelf. It's a gift that if you want, it's available to you. And God will give it to you. And I will jump up and down when you get it, I promise. But the, mo- the more important thing is, that, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is available to you. The Holy Spirit doesn't wanna just live inside you. He wants to come on you so that you can be a witness. And so would you, <clears throat> would you pray with me this morning? If that's you all across the room and you, and you say, yeah, Phil, that's me, I really desire to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, I wanna apologize about the fact that maybe tongues has been the hangup for you. Maybe we've just made too much of a big deal out of that. But God wants you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's here for you. He's here to empower you. And if that's you in this room and you say, that's me, Phil, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Would you put your hand up in the air? Nobody looking around. I just want to. Come on. Yeah. Thank you, Lord.